today I'll be interviewing Sasha Davis. She's amazing. If you don't know her, go follow her at Sasha.Davis on Instagram. I'm sure you will fall in love with her after you hear this interview. A quick backstory with Sasha. She's another badass small business owner. She's a mom. She's a wife. She's awesome. And my favorite part about Sasha is she tells it exactly like it is. Hey guys, and welcome back to the show. So today I have a special episode for you. I am interviewing another fellow podcaster, another badass woman who owns her own business, who really gets down and dirty with other women and really helps them take control back of their lives and their finances. Today, I'll be interviewing Sasha Davis. She's amazing. If you don't know her, go follow her at Sasha.Davis on Instagram. I'm sure you will fall in love with her after you hear this interview. But a quick backstory with Sasha. So the reason I love her so much is when I had first announced that I wanted to start a podcast, I was on a call um, with a coaching community that I'm in that's all about, you know, helping women chase their dreams and holding each other accountable, this mentoring program. And they were like, hey, have you ever talked to Sasha? And I was like, no. And they were like, well, just shoot her a message on Instagram. I'm sure she'd be more than happy to help you, you know, give you 30 minutes of her time and just let her brain dump what she does. So I randomly reached out to her. She has no fucking idea who I am. I shot her a message. I'm like, hey, can I just ask you a couple questions? Like I have five or six key questions. Can you just give me 30 minutes of your time? And without a blink of an eye, she was like, sure. And we hopped on the phone within like a week. And literally she just let me just shoot all these questions and she told me everything she did and it was so awesome and without just like her encouragement and her willingness and her support I definitely wouldn't be here today so for me this was just a huge milestone to actually now interview her for my show after she gave me the courage and support to really get mine up and running so I'm super grateful for that but like I said She's another badass small business owner. She's a mom. She's a wife. She's awesome. And my favorite part about Sasha is she tells it exactly like it is. There is no holding back with her. And I love strong personalities like that. And I love people like that because you always know where you stand with them and they will tell you exactly like it is. So in this episode, we talk all things from confidence money, and of course, raising kids, and just really all the things, just talk about life. This episode is really awesome. I actually learned a lot from it. I actually felt some growth from it, especially when we got into the part of talking about confidence. And it was just amazing. So I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I do. Here's the episode with Sasha Davis. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. I am super, super excited to have Sasha Davis with us today. So Sasha and I have the same coach, but we actually weren't in the same coaching program together. But one interesting thing about Sasha though, is when I was launching my podcast, I just randomly reached out to her and I was like, can you please, can I just please pick your brain? I know you don't know me, (laughs) but please let me pick your brain for a few minutes. I'm super scared to launch a podcast, but you did it and I like yours. So can you help me out? So thanks so much for being on the show today. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm happy to be here. And one other thing. So we actually were just in Detroit together a few weeks ago at a live event. And then that was really cool because like I was saying, 
there's a bunch of us in this coaching program together and we do so much stuff digitally, but it was really, really cool to see each other in person. Did you have a great time? Yeah. So it's funny because every time I go to, you know, one of these events, I'm always like, what am I going to get out of this? Because I just, I don't know, like when I first started this whole process, I tend to like overthink everything and overanalyze everything. And, and by process, I kind of mean like going back five, 10 years is in terms of personal development. And now after going through a few programs and just really working on myself, I I've learned to trust my gut a lot more and just kind of like wing it. And so when these things come up, I'm like, I don't know what I should expect, but I'm just going to go. And so like this time out of it, I feel like, sharing my story more, like the inner workings of my brain more versus just like the knowledge that I have. That was an aha moment for me. And then also the saying no, which I know this, I know I need to say no more often, but it's still a struggle. And so going there was a a very welcomed reminder that I need to slow down, be more intentional and say no to the things that don't light me up. That's funny that you said that because I remember you having that aha moment and I was thinking, well, she already agreed to my podcast, so she can't say no. <laughs> I know. I was like, don't ask me to do anything because I'm going to say no, but I enjoy podcasting. So of course I had to say yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's interesting because it was actually my first time going to an event like this of like working with people. I've never felt so supported and I've never been part of a community like this. So I really went into it for the first time, like not really knowing what to expect. But it was mm-hmm. so amazing to see everybody in person. And it was just, like you said, like there's shit you didn't even know about yourself that was coming up or that you didn't even know. Like, I didn't even know I was thinking about that because there was so much power and so much energy when women get together like that. It was amazing. Absolutely. And like, I remember when I first went to my first conference, my first retreat, <laughs> excuse me, I have like this dry cough. I'm like just getting over a cold. But I remember when I went to like my first, it was the first retreat. I was scared shitless. Like, I'm not kidding you. I felt like I was going to jump off a cliff. I was like, I'm going to meet this person in real life. Like, is this really happening? Like, I'm going to like BFE, middle of nowhere, Canada. Like I could be ax murdered in the woods and nobody would know. Right. But you just, you just kind of like trust your gut. And it was one of the best experiences of my life. And so every time like I have that you should just do this. This sounds good. That's, I just follow it and it always ends up being incredible. That's awesome. So let's back up a little bit and you can kind of tell us about like your journey and your story and how you got like into the group. And like, you can talk about the retreat and things like that. So if you could just like back up a little bit and tell us about yourself and how all this kind of like self-awareness, self-development journey kind of began for you. Sure thing. So I'm, I'm that troubled kid. I was that troubled kid, I guess you could say, growing up. You know, my parents split. I was really angry, had a chip on my shoulder. And I'll give you the nutshell version. If you want to hear more, you can always head over to my podcast. But <laughs> I I was a shithead, let's say the least, to say the least. And I got in a lot of trouble. I was in and out of jail. I was in and out of juvie. And I had like a crossroads in my life where I was like, what I'm doing is not working. And I have a choice right now to go down one of two paths. One was I could use this energy for better, or I could continue down the spiral down path and, you know, use this energy for, for worse. And that's kind of where I was headed, but I was like, I don't want that. And so I started to, to look 
for answers. And it's really funny. I ended up finding the secret, um, which means the law of attraction. I don't know if your listeners are familiar with that, but the law of attraction, there was a movie, there was a book, uh, Rhonda Brines or Rhonda Burns. I don't remember how you pronounce it. She came out with this, the secret, this concept in 2006. And that's kind of what sparked my whole personal development is that like your thoughts are powerful and what you think can manifest in your life, whether that's good, bad health, wealth, uh, or, or the opposite illness, disease, broke, being broke. And she had us do a vision board. And I thought this was the stupidest thing ever. I was like, this is like, why am I wasting my college money, my college credits on this freaking class? But I did it. And within that year, I would say almost everything on that vision board came to fruition. And I was like, holy smokes, like, is this real? Is this real? And so I kind of dove into the law of attraction for several years. Um, and I started to, you know, kind of work on my health and, and mental wellness. You know, I went and seen therapists and counselors to kind of work through my anger issues, you know, childhood issues, things like that. And then I got pregnant. I was in my late twenties, um, almost 30. Cause I was that person that never wanted kids, but <laughs> I didn't, I was like, I, no way, no way. And so my husband one day, side story, my husband one day was like, Sasha, like, it's okay if you don't want kids. Like, I just love you for you. And then I'm like, we have to have babies now. And so I had my first child when I was 30, but, um, when I was pregnant with her, I had a not so great upbringing and not that I like blame my parents or anything. They did the best they had with, you know, they did the best they could with what they had, but I didn't know how to be a good mom. And so that's when I took my personal development to another level because I had to uncover a lot of limiting beliefs and, and learn new tools and strategies strategies and, and, and things to implement into my own life because monkey see monkey do. Right. My, my whole childhood was do as I say, not as I do. And that did not work out well for me, (laughs) which is probably why I'm such a rebel now, but I'm, I, I thought to myself, like, I have to do more. I have to do more. And so then that was like three, three or four years ago. Yeah. 2016. When I started that next level of personal development and like really diving into like, what lights me up? What's my sole purpose? What's my passion? What, what beliefs are holding me back from achieving these things? And like, how can I show up as the best mom, the best wife, the best human that I can be? And that's kind of when I crossed paths with the coach, which led us, you know, down this path to know each other. And since then I've left my corporate job, you know, that, that corner office that everybody so badly wants. Like I had that, I worked my way up to that. And then I get there and I'm like, wow, this really sucks. Like, I don't want to work 12 hours a day, seven days a week, like constantly putting out fires and basically babysitting adults. I'm like, this sucks, (laughs) you know? And I found that I had zero time for me. I was constantly yelling. I was, everybody walked around on eggshells around me. I was like a ticking time bomb. If you said the wrong thing, I would just freak out. And it it was insane. It was insane. You know, I took good care of myself physically. And I say good, like loosely, like, you know, I exercised and I quote unquote ate healthy, but I did it because I 
thought I had to, not because it made me feel good, you know? So in the last few years, I've really learned to move my body because I love my body and I want it to be like a well-oiled machine. Same with like eating. Like I, I eat well because it makes me feel good. You know, food is energy. And I found that when I do things that fill my cup, that light me up, I show up as a better human in general and everybody around me seems to be a little happier, a little healthier. And and my whole family unit has that glow to it versus just me being an angry bitch stomping around. <laughs> oh, I completely understand. I feel like, I think that's one of the things I was attracted to you about, like you said, like we're in the same personal development coaching program. And when you start the program, or at least when I started, some of the program was to watch some of these like old um, interviews, so to speak, or some of the old classes that you guys did. And so you were on there and even before I had reached out to you and you have like a really bold personality. <laughs> and I think I have a bold personality. So I was like kind of just attracted to that same kind of energy. And that was one of my biggest aha moments, like the eggshells, as my husband always said, he said, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells because it was like, even though I felt like I was this powerful person, or if you asked me, I would have said, oh, I'm a powerful woman, you know, whatever the fuck that means now. Mm-hmm. But I was constantly fucking giving my power away because I didn't know what I really wanted or what really made me happy. And I think Absolutely. that's, yeah, that's been like one of the biggest aha moments is when you have this kind of like bold personality or, you know, where people wouldn't label you as meek. <laughs> you know, people assume that you're so strong and you just have everything figured out. And you're like, I actually don't know shit. (laughs) Exactly. And so there's two things that I want to add to that. Um, Me, I felt like I was a very outwardly confident person, not an inwardly confident person. So like I was always the loudest person in the room. I was always the boldest person in the room. And I always acted like I knew what I was talking about, whether I did or not. And so outwardly, I appeared very confident when on the inside, I'm like, Oh my God, everybody hates me. This sucks. Like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm a shitty mom. I'm fucking this up. Or, you know, I just, I would always second guess and like doubt myself or I'm like, should I do this or should I do this? And I would like create this analysis paralysis in my life to where I just didn't make any decisions. And that in itself is not making a decision. Right. So really just learning to trust my gut and be like confident in who I am inward and outward, I think has been some of the biggest progress that I've been able to make in the last five years. And, and really that, that also just kind of adds to the not caring what people think, you know, on a, on a surface level, like I don't care what anybody thinks, but then on like a deeper level, there's sometimes where I'm like, Oh, am I parenting right? Am I parenting wrong? Am I budgeting right? Am I building my business right? Should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? And I don't, I don't question that as much now. I just kind of say like, is this right for me? Because how I do something is very different than how the person sitting next to me is doing something and being okay with that. Yeah. I feel like that's something I say now more than ever. Like that's okay. Mm -hmm. I love what you just said about being outwardly confident. That's exactly what I was trying to say. And I just didn't have the words for it. And I do think that's been one of my biggest aha moments through this kind of self-awareness journey is I always considered myself confident. I think it was because I was outwardly confident and I didn't realize until I really started paying attention to my thoughts, how much I do beat myself up. And I was like, damn it. I thought I had my shit together. (laughs) Oh yeah, I did too. Until I started to actually monitor my thoughts and observe them. And this all started with meditation and I didn't do meditation. I think I started that four years ago. 
Because I always thought that you had to be some hippie on top of a mountain drinking mushroom tea in order to be, uh, you know, somebody who meditates. And turns out it's just, you know, looking at your thoughts as clouds and seeing them pass by and say like, oh, there's a thought. Oh, there's a thought. Oh, back to your breathing. You know, like meditation is very different. And there's there's moving meditations. There's music meditations. And, and I didn't realize what thoughts I truly had until I stopped and listen. And I was like blown away. I could not believe the bad shit that I would say to myself. Like if people heard what went on in my head, they would say, Sasha, you are a huge asshole. Like be (laughs) nice to yourself. I did. I, oh man. Like I would like walk by mirrors and I'd be like, Oh, you're, you're so stupid. Like I would just want to punch myself in the face. And I know that's even like crazy for me to say right now, but I did like, I could hardly look at myself like in passing because I'd just be like, oh, you fucking suck. And I didn't realize it until I like stopped and was like, oh, wow. Like, I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> it's crazy because so many, I mean, I think everyone kind of does that yeah. on some level. I mean, there's varying degrees and stuff. And then the funny part for me is then I had to go back to my husband on some cases and say, God damn it. You were right. <laughs> Cause it's I, I struggle with that part, but I, I will give my husband credit every now and then. <laughs> I'm like, now that I think about it, when you said that, yeah, I kind of do do that, don't I? (laughs) (laughs) So you gave up the corner office and you became a coach? Oh, goodness. So I gave up the corner office and I threw noodles at a wall to see what stuck. I've always been a leader in some capacity, whether that was um, teaching. So I teach therapeutic horseback riding. And so within that realm, uh, the whole equine industry realm, like you have to have a leader type of personality in order to, to lead the herd, lead the, lead the, the riders. So that was something, you know, I was a leader in, I was a leader at work cause I was in, you know, corporate management and I was the head of all these teams. I was always team lead and, and I had worked with people, outside of work in terms of like health and fitness. So I went and got like my CPT and I kind of did some like online coaching and person coaching that way. Um, but I found that the health and fitness isn't really like, I don't know, it's just not my jam. I mean, I enjoy it. I love working out. I love like high intensity things, but the people that I attracted very much wanted a quick fix. And I was just like, no, this, this isn't for me. And so that kind of transformed into like a mindset life coaching. And I did that for, um, about a year and a half, two years ish. Um, and that went really well. Like I loved that, but then I felt like the people I was working with wanted even more, like they wanted like more on like the business side of things. And so I found myself like naturally talking about how to bring their passion. How do I want to say this passion to profit? I guess you could say, or like how to make a business out of doing something you enjoy. And so that's what my last few years of coaching has ended up being. I really, I really much enjoyed the, the life coaching part of it. And I still believe that life and business coaching run side by side, because if you're out of alignment in your life, that's going to leak over to your business. Same thing. If like your business isn't going well, that's going to leak over into your life. So when they're moving well together, that's when you feel that alignment and things start to be profitable for you, abundant for you in both life and business. So 
they marry very much like run side by side with one another. I don't do just one or just the other. So that's what my coaching has been. But in addition to that, I, I found that through working with this last coach that I was a part of this program, I was a part of, I had a lot of money stories, like a lot, a lot, a lot of money stories. Right. I thought just because I could pay my bills at the end of the month that that was fine. Like I was budgeting, I was doing well. I didn't bother looking at like the mounds of debt. I didn't bother like looking at, you know, credit cards and actual like income statements or like any of these things. And so I decided that what better way to get your finances under control than to go into that kind of industry. So I also run a financial services industry that has helped me not only turn around my money story, but help other people turn around their money stories too, because I feel like there's an energy behind our money as well as our life and our business. And when everything can kind of like run together, you feel better. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes perfect sense. Um, that's definitely something that I've learned a lot about is that correlation between money and energy. Absolutely. And it's something that nobody talks about because they feel like it's hippie woo woo. But really though, like if you feel guilty spending a dollar, you're probably not going to get that dollar back versus if like you just give because you can, or you give from a place of abundance, like that comes back to you tenfold. It goes back to, you know, you want your cup to be so overflowing that you can easily pour into others. You don't want to pour from an empty cup because then you just have less of your empty cup, you know? And so reframing that mindset to more of like an abundance mindset in, in all areas of your life, not just your money, not just anything. But I think we, as women, we have either society has conditioned us or we've conditioned ourselves to do just enough. Like I, I can't have too much, just enough. Yeah. And I know I was very much in that mindset because I'm like, okay, if I'm going to go shopping, I'm only going to do a hundred dollars because if I spend over a hundred then, or whatever it was, you know, or, Oh, people will think I'm crazy. If I buy $150 pair of jeans, like what will people think if I actually like splurge on myself? And so reframing that to, you can have more. That just means you can give more, give from a place of wanting to give versus then having to give. No, that's amazing. I love that. There's so much that you just said, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> but for one, I think women definitely probably have a whole different thing with money. I feel like just Absolutely. now in the last generation, this, I, like our generation and maybe our moms have women really, really stepped into like the workforce and careers and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then families are trying to deal with like two incomes and now women make more than men. And then and that's weird. Or we're fighting to make the same amount of money and things like that. And there's just all these stories that you tell yourself. And I know one that I tell myself is currently um, in my corporate job, I make more than my husband. So then I put this pressure on myself to not only be the wife and the mom, but then to be the breadwinner. And then I can go down the fucking darkest spirals sometimes if whatever, if I let myself go there and it's unreal. But like you were saying about money being energy, that's something I've been trying to lean into more and more and to create that. And it was actually a parenting book that I read that I've been trying to correlate to everything in my life is like what you do to others, you do to yourself. Mm-hmm. 
So I've been trying to apply that to like money. And like you were saying, like, if I give money here because I can, then don't look at it as like, I have to give it is that I can give it and it comes back to you. Yeah, absolutely. It all just comes from what the feeling, what the emotion is behind that dollar, right? So one of the biggest things that, and I, I guess I don't even know if you want to go down the the money hole. I mean, that's kind of where we're going right now. But one of the things that I very I did in the very beginning to kind of switch my money mindset, instead of when I get my bills in the mail, instead of saying like, or, you know, in my email or whatever, instead of saying like, oh shit, there goes more money. You know, I would literally write checks and put thank you in the memo because I'm paying for a service I've already received. So there's, I can't remember who came up with this concept, but it's called IBARS, invoices for blessings you've already received. And so instead of saying like, oh shit, there goes another $250 for whatever, you would say, thank you for allowing me to have this service for the last 30 days. I appreciate you. I, you know, you just, you just do the total opposite of what you're thinking. And so for probably, I still even do it on some of them. When I start to feel like icky about a bill, I'll write in the memo, like, thank you. Thanks so much for this. I really appreciate that you've provided me with electricity the last 30 days, or thanks for not shutting off my cell phone. I really enjoy the service. And just rewiring my brain to come from a place of gratitude versus a place of lack. And I find it so interesting that the more I come from a place of gratitude versus lack, it's like more opportunities, more income, more goodness comes my way. And it was really mind blowing because I'd almost start to get like random opportunities that would come up or like new clients would come to me. Um, I would have like checks in the mail for things that I, apparently I got refunds for that I had no idea about. So it was just like, it started to flow to me because I was coming from a place of gratitude rather than a place of lack. Now that's a great little trick. Um, and that's another thing I feel like people don't put enough energy into is just those little teeny, teeny switches mm-hmm. totally change the way you view anything. I mean, writing that and the memo or the instructions or whatever takes two seconds, but for you, it changes how you think for the rest of the day. Yes. There's a ton and- of power in that. Exactly. And it's whatever we focus on in life, whatever you focus on, you will get more of. So if you focus more on fitness, you're going to be more fit. If you focus on more nutrition, you're going to feel healthier. If you focus on whatever it is, running or money or business or connecting with your husband, whatever you focus on, you will get more of. And so it's just being intentional with your time. Like one of the things that I do with my clients is I have them take a time on it because a lot of times people have no idea where their day goes. All of a sudden it's at the end of the day. They only checked off a few things of their to-do list. They feel overwhelmed. They feel stressed. They can't sleep at night and everything goes to the next day and they just feel bad. And so I say, well, where, what did you do today? Well, I don't know, but I never stopped moving. I'm like, okay, great. Good, good job doing all the things, but that's not being helpful. So what I want you to do for the next two days is literally write down everything you are doing. 5 to 6 a.m., wake up, make coffee. 6 to 7 a.m., whatever that looks like. 7 to 8 a.m., get the kids ready for school, drive the kids to school. 8 to 9 a.m., drive wherever, get to work 9 a.m. Then what do you do at work? Be specific because you will find throughout the day we waste a lot of time, a lot of time. And if you give yourself a smaller time block to do something, you will make it happen. So for example, if I said, 
All right, Katie, I need you to write me a four page blog. You have 30 minutes. You'd be like, boom, done. I'll figure it out. But if I said, Katie, you have six hours to write me a four page blog. You would take six hours, right? Yeah, I'd fill fill that space. Yeah, we do that every day. We say, oh, I have four hours to get all this stuff done. Well, what if you only gave yourself an hour to do it? Challenge yourself to get it done in less time. Get rid of all distractions and just focus. Then you have three hours to, I don't know, fucking take a nap or like go do whatever it is that you want to do. Yeah, something that makes you feel good. Yeah, exactly. And so it's just being really intentional with our time and, and really focusing on, on where we are spending our time, our energy, our money, or whatever it looks like and saying, is this working? And if the answer is no, how can I improve this? How can I make this better? Yeah, that's funny. I've been trying, like all the things that I'm learning, obviously I'm trying to incorporate at work. And that's what I've started doing is taking all these hour long meetings and all we do is sit in meetings all day. So no, actual work is getting done because every time you come out of a meeting, it's just more shit to do. And so I've been challenging people like where you have an hour, let's see if we can cut it into 30 minutes. I guarantee we can get the same meeting done in 30 minutes. And then like you said, Hey, maybe you can go walk on your lunch break. So you feel better and you come back more productive. So when I worked at corporate, one of the things that I did, and they thought I was batshit crazy when I first did this, but I would bring in a timer and I'd say, you need to say what you need to say in three minutes or less. When the timer's up, we're moving to the next person. I love it. I'm obsessed with my timers. My daughter will grow up and hate them, right? Because like things your parents do to you, I constantly have a fucking timer at home and she hates it. <laughs> I do too. My daughter, my daughter's always like, mom, your timer, mom, timer. I'm like, I know, I know, but I do. I set timers for everything. I'm like challenging myself just to get, just be really, really intentional. Cause I, I'm squirrel brain. I don't know if you can relate to this, but like I'll be doing something and then next thing you know. So like, just for example, like cleaning my house, which I totally suck at. Like that is just not my strong suit. I had somebody that cleaned my house for me and then they fired me. I don't know. Maybe I'm too far of a drive or my house is too dirty. I don't know either. Either way I've had to pick up the task of cleaning my own house. I know first world problems. So anyways, cleaning the house. I'm looking at my house. I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to start with sweeping. Okay. Then I sweep and then I go into the other room and I'm like, oh, well, all of this laundry's on the floor. I should start a load of laundry. Oh, I go downstairs. Oh, this needs cleans. Oh, oh. Then I go upstairs. I start to do dishes. Somebody else needs something. And then next thing I know, I'm cleaning a toilet. I'm dusting. And at the end of the day, I look at my house and nothing looks clean, but I've never, like I've continuously cleaned things, but I didn't focus either on one room or one task. I jumped from one to one to one to one to one. So not only does my house not look clean, I don't have the results I want. I don't feel good about what I've done. And I'm exhausted because I'm like squirrel braining around everywhere versus if I just did all of the floors versus if I dusted all at the same time versus if I just focused on doing all of the dishes and then I move and I say, I'm only going to do two loads of laundry. I'm only going to clean this one bathroom, not all the toilets and one, all the bathrooms. Does this make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So that when I look at something, I can see the results of the actions that I've taken versus half-assing it a little bit everywhere. Yeah. I feel that's kind of what I use my timers for is doing things like that. I feel like it's training me to be more present. Absolutely. Because that's definitely something I know that I struggle with, especially when it comes to my kids. And then like they're growing up so fast. And like my oldest is 11. I'm like, shit, you're going to be moving out soon. And 
you get stuck in thinking that it's going to be how it is forever. And then you wake up one day and you're like, where the fuck did it go? I'm literally experiencing that right the second I just did a post this morning on Instagram, my little guy. So I have a two and a half year old daughter and I have a six month old son. Well, maybe, yeah, he's six months old. I'm like, how old is he? Where is he? What's he doing? Um, And he's been teething these last few days and it has just been hell. Like it has been hell. Like he just hasn't felt good. He's constantly crying. And so when he's needy and wants my attention, I find that my daughter feels neglected because I'm not spending any time with her. Right. And so then I'm in it and I'm like, Oh my God, I suck at this. I'm dropping this ball. I'm dropping that ball. Like, will this just get over with? And then I have to like sit and say to myself, this is temporary. This too shall pass. If I get angry and frustrated, I'm just projecting even more of that onto them versus if I'm calm, they'll kind of chameleon their way to calm you know, they, they kind of absorb that energy that you're putting out there. So if I'm angry, screaming, yelling, well, sure as shit, they're going to continue to angry, scream and yell, unless I'm like, just trying to breathe. You know, sometimes I put the earplugs in and then I say to myself, there will come a day that I will miss this. Yeah. Maybe not, maybe not the yelling and screaming and teething part, but I will miss them needing me. I will miss them wanting to cuddle and spend a few extra minutes with me. I will miss them breastfeeding. I will miss seeing their chubby legs when I'm changing their diapers, you know, maybe not the diapers themselves, but the, 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 the foot kisses and things like that. Right. The things that you don't really think about until you stop and say like this moment, this may be the last time I kiss that little boy's feet, you know, his feet may, he may, you know, not, not saying that he's going to start walking tomorrow, but you know, like I remember I would always get so angry that my daughter would want to breastfeed in the middle of the night. And then I'd get up and I'd be like, there's going to come a day where she's not going to wake up in the middle of the night. She's not going to want to breastfeed and we're not going to have that moment together. And so I started to more, you know, cherish those moments as they came and then you, you never know what day is going to be the last. And still to this day, I cannot remember that last moment because I was just such a zombie, like such a fog. And I was trying to cherish them. You know, I'm like sitting there and I'm like, you know, you, you almost try to like memorize their face and like soak in the moment. But if you don't allow yourself to like surrender to that moment and just fully be present, you're going to look back one day and be like, where did my life go? Yes. And you're killing me a little bit because my boy is 11 and I'm like, oh, his feet are bigger than mine. And I can't remember the last time I kissed them. <laughs> but really though, you know, and yeah, there's so many people so that, that say that. And so I just, every time I get frustrated, I'm like, how, what, what would be, what would, how would I feel if I chose to feel good right now? Like what, what is happening around me that I can feel good about? And that's, I just have to bring myself back. And sometimes it's easier than others. Sometimes I scream and cry and throw a toddler fit. I mean, ask my husband, I will literally go around like, like a bear slamming doors and stomping my feet. And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I'm an adult. I should act like one. Like, how can I choose differently right now? And then I do. Now, I love that. That's great advice. Because it it does go by so fast. And I try not to think about this, but sometimes I wish I would have been more self-aware when my kids were younger. Cause like my oldest is 11 and my youngest is six. So I'm like way out of the baby phases. I haven't God, I can't even remember the last time I had to change a diaper or anything like that. And my 11 year old now, I basically have to beg him sometimes to like spend time with me because he 
doesn't want to. I mean, he doesn't need that feeling. Doesn't need to. He's like, I'm playing my friends or Xbox or whatever. And I'm like, but I want you to want me. And it's, it's so quick. So those are a lot of amazing, amazing things. Is there any other, like when you get new clients or you're even when you're just working with some, someone, is there like your favorite thing to teach? My favorite thing to teach, I would say, is confidence and trusting yourself. So a lot of people come to me and they they have a vision, they have a big dream, um, and you know they want to work for themselves. They want to be their own boss. They they're just tired of fitting inside this box that society puts them in. Yes. They've typically been like forward thinkers. They've typically challenged like social statuses will say uh people usually think that they're crazy and and other people usually dim their light and so when they come to me i'm like no no like that's what makes you a leader like every leader who has ever risen up has pushed past what everybody else thought they should be doing and so kind of giving them the permission that like it's okay to be weird it's okay to be different and that weirdness is your zone of genius. Like lean into that and let's, let's do something with that. And so kind of uncovering what that is and then teaching them to trust their gut and, and know that they have within them everything they need to be successful because they are worthy now, not if, and when they reach this magic finish line. Yeah, that's awesome. You use the word zone of genius, and that's something that I've definitely seen pop up just like in research or different podcasts mm-hmm. I've been listening to and things like that. What do you think is like if, and I struggle with this, and I still might be struggling with this, was like trying to figure out. I remember like listening to Oprah's podcast one time, and they were talking about like finding your purpose. And I was like, and I even did a podcast on this. I was like, I'm pretty sure I don't have a purpose. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is, and I cannot <laughs> find it. Um, I'm starting to unravel it a little bit. And part of it was because I wasn't letting myself do anything that I was passionate about or even let myself find what my passion is. So if someone kind of comes to you like that in that space, what do you think is like the one thing you can tell? And also the other thing is everyone wants you to tell them what their passion is or what their purpose is and you can't. So what do you think is the one like thing you tell them to do or like the one exercise that someone can do to try to really dig into what their purpose is or something that like their zone of genius? So I feel, I love this because I have like a series of questions that I ask people because a lot of times they'll say, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And that in itself is resistance. I know this because that is my go-to. Every time things get hard, my brain starts to shut down and says, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And it's just a way, it's like a cop-out, right? Like, I can't, I can't. Like mine is, I don't know. Yeah. So I typically ask them a series of questions to kind of narrow it down to two or three things. I feel like social media as a whole puts too much pressure on people to pick just one thing. Yeah. And it's kind of like careers as like high school students. And I mean, it's been like 15 plus years since I've been in high school, but I just remember them saying like, pick a career, choose your career wisely. And they make people feel like that's what they're going to do for the rest of their lives. Um, what? Since when did we become just this like straight line, very linear, no peaks, no valleys? Like that in itself is bullshit. So what you do today may be very different than what you do five years from now or 10 years from now. And this is where like niche markets come in, right? So right now I tend to attract a lot of women with younger children. I attract a lot of women in their late twenties, their thirties, like 
because that's what I'm in. That's what I know. When I'm 50, do you think I'm still going to be attracting 20-year-olds with young children? Absolutely not. My business will change. The people I work with will change. We as humans are changing every day. That is the only constant in our life is change. And so just, just know that your passion, your purpose, whatever that looks like today can and will be different in some capacity years to come. And that's just life. That's just human nature. Okay. So you don't have to just pick one thing. That's, that's just totally insane to me. Like, cause you can have a hobby, you can have a business and you can have other things that light you up. They don't all have to bring in money, but they can all bring in some sort of enjoyment fulfillment to you. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's an amazing answer. I love that. So I don't, I don't know. I just get on my high horse about like, pick a passion and then six steps to $1 million. I'm like, bullshit. All of that is bullshit. Like, I agree. And part of the concept that even when I started doing my podcast is that concept of just taking the action, Mm -hmm. knowing that it's going to be messy, but knowing and trusting that you can pivot. Yes, absolutely. So I'll give you some backstory on podcast. I was super hung up and I think I might've told you this and this is kind of goes back and I'll get into the series of questions that I kind of ask people. Cause I, I can kind of ask your listeners and they can do this on their own time, but just to show you, you know, quote success looks very different than everybody else. And just don't give a shit what other people think. So I started a podcast three years ago. I was so hung up on the name. It took me like three months before I actually like officially launched my podcast because I was so hung up on the name. And so I kept like asking everybody like, what should I call it? What should I call it? What should I call it? And the thing that kept coming up is, oh, Sasha, you're such a badass. And so I jokingly one day was like, well, I'm just going to call it the badass podcast. And that's what I ended up doing. Cause I'm like, you know what? I have spent far too much time on the stupid podcast name. I'm just going to call it the badass podcast. So I had the badass podcast for a year, but when you have badass in your iTunes handle <clears throat> or unlike your account, you are flagged on almost every social media thing for inappropriate content. Oh, <laughs> so while I enjoyed that name, I was flagged anytime somebody would share something, they would say this content isn't available due to its inappropriate nature. So it was while I had still plenty of downloads, it was hard for, sorry, give me one second. It's this cough. It was hard for me to get my message out or other people to share my message because they would be flagged then. Right. And so I'm like, well, what the hell? I, okay. So I got to change this. So then I made the mistake of hiring a coach that wasn't truly in alignment with what I wanted to do with life, but she had like a a millionaire title. And so I was attracted to that. I was like, okay, yeah, let's make some money. Yeah. Anyway, she helped me rename my podcast to the confidence coach. (coughs) Sorry. Give me one second. I'm dying. Okay. She had helped me rename my podcast to the confidence coach because one thing that people get when working with me is confidence, but that ended on very, very sour terms. And so there was like a weird energy about the confidence coach. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? People will judge me for whatever, but I'm changing it again. And it's just going to be Sasha Davis because like I told you, like 
Sasha is almost an adjective within itself. Like it's hard to put me in a box. It's hard to put like one word to me. And so I'm just like, screw it. I want to be the Sasha Davis podcast. Like Joe Rogan has his own podcast. Rich Roll has his own podcast. Sasha Davis is going to be the next freaking up and coming podcast. And I'm going to talk about whatever the hell I want in whatever capacity I want. And there's not going to be any weird strings attached to it. And so that's what I've done this year. And honestly, I've had more downloads in the last week than I did the, the last season episode or whatever, you know, and it's, it's fine. Like nobody's saying, Oh, Sasha renamed her podcast again. But I think we get so in our own heads about what other people will think that we just don't do what we know we need to do. Yeah, I completely agree. But there's so much power in that. And I think that's what I, like you said, that's one thing I was hung up on too, is like, what's the name? What's the name? What's the name? Yes. Just fucking do it. It doesn't even matter. Like how many companies change your name or their logos say over the years or whatever, like that's part of growth. And like you said earlier, all you can count on is change. So just start it and just start somewhere and it will evolve and you'll get better and better. That's a great story. Yeah. Cause you actually just changed it. Like what I did yeah, like a month ago, like the beginning of this year, this is season three. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. It's going to be Sasha Davis and people are going to like it or they're not. And that's their own thing. Right. And I just, the thing that I always find that I ask myself is, is this going to matter in five years? Yes. I and love if, that you, if the answer is no, then I'm not going to spend more than five minutes worrying about it. And I don't, and I've tried to embody that and I have to catch myself every now and then. Cause I'll like spiral and it'll be like two days. And I'm like, wait, 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 is anybody even going to remember this in a week from now? Is anybody going to remember this a year from now? And nine times out of 10, the answer is no, unless I like fuck up really royally, but <laughs> nobody's going to care. So why, why am I going to waste precious time and energy on something that's not going to matter in the grand scheme of things? Yeah. And one of my other favorite quotes is like, if you knew how much time people spent worrying about you, you would never worry what they think. Cause there's so much, they're too worried about themselves to ever really be worried about you. So they don't give a shit because they're trying to figure out their own shit. 100%. Everybody is so in their own head. You know, there's, there's an analogy that like you could be walking down the street and you know, your shirt's too small and you're worried that your gut's hanging out or whatever it is. And everybody else is worried about their own shit. Everybody else is in their own head. Nobody's even looking at you or judging you. And if they are shame on them, they have their own projections that they need to work on then. (laughs) Yeah. Well, speaking of new names for podcasts, what other new projects do you have going on and where can everybody find you for that (laughs) Sasha energy? Oh goodness. So you can find me over at the Sasha Davis podcast, <laughs> Sasha Davis podcast. Um, website is sashadavis.com. This year up and coming, I'm only going to be running one mastery program this year, one mastermind. Before I used to have kind of like a continuous enrollment. Um, but I think I just want to do one six month mastermind this year. And then I have a few DIY programs in terms of like blueprints to kind of get you out of your own way and onto what your passion and purpose is. You know, like I said, those questions that I could ask you, um, there is a DIY program for that. And as far as the rest of things go, I will be hosting two retreats and then I'm going to be hosting uh, the annual courage conference. And that's going to be in July in Sioux city, Iowa. Um, all that information will be over on my website though. So if you go, you can subscribe to my newsletter and stay up to date on everything that's going to be coming. The mastermind will be relaunching in April. So if that's something that you're interested in, if you want a whole lot of Sasha-ness in your face, just (laughs) go over it. Uh, My application is up right now. Um, 
so you can go and apply and we can get on the phone and chat about it. That's awesome. Well, there was so much, so many good gems in this interview. Like my mind is blown. So I know everyone has a lot to take away from this. So thank you so much for being on my couch. Uh, being on my podcast. <laughs> I love it. I enjoy this. I'm like, oh, we could talk about this and we could talk about this. So I love it. Thank you, Sasha.